listening to Soul Knox Podcast, and I'm your host, Carl Hikara, and this is episode number 90. We're up to a nice big number, only 10 more to 100, the big 100, so uh, we'll see uh, see where that falls, try to do something special for 100. But uh, this week on the podcast, um, this uh, second episode obviously is another episode of Horror Hotel with Mike Purdy. And uh, we're covering this time uh, Phantoms, the movie Phantoms, which is uh, a favorite of mine. I really love this movie and is, uh, you know, trying to, part of doing it for this episode is to see if I can uh, encourage more people to go out and revisit the movie or see it for the first time because it's a really great under underappreciated classic um, with a very kind of Lovecraftian type of feel to it even, yeah. But uh, I think it's great, and um, uh, also I hope you guys go check it out and uh, enjoy the episode as well. We had a little bit of technical difficulties with um, with internet stuff at the beginning of the episode, but we got it sorted out. So uh, so just uh, keep that in mind as we go on uh, in, into the episode. There'll be a little uh, little. A little, couple little snafus, and then it all clears up. We also give our review of Thanksgiving, which I think next year for Thanksgiving we'll, we'll cover that movie properly in depth. But um, I want people to go see it and uh, um, be surprised by by the ending and everything. So yeah, please uh, check. Um, uh, yeah, please check that movie out as well, and because um, I really like it a lot. And um, and um, you'll. Uh, yeah, we'll give our our thoughts about that as well in this episode. So yeah, so that is the this horror hotel. It was supposed to come out last month, but uh, we had some uh, issues, so it ended up getting pushed back to now. Um, so there'll be kind of a few horror hotels um, lumped together, but uh, as we wanted to do a Christmas one as well. But um, so hopefully we'll get that in for I guess like Christmas Eve, and then we got a New Year's Eve episode for end of days um which of course is a big favorite of mine as well you know it's one of my favorite arnold movies actually but anyway so that's what's going on this week um the second episode the episode we come out on sunday will be uh the band coup from finland um and uh yeah we'll go from there i guess uh get into the plugs so we can get to the episode um as most of you probably know, I am a member of a gang of podcasters called the Horsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse. And that is every other Monday, you have Warwolf 666 with Brandon Legion. Every Tuesday, you have uh, Into the Necrosphere of Jackie Schmidt. Every uh, Wednesday, you have uh, Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. And of course, uh, Mike and I have our series that we do split between the podcasts uh, called Darkness Weaves, all about the work of Carl Edward Wagner. So you can check that out on both the podcasts. Um, Thursdays, you have Necromaniacs with Mike Hill, Mike Scandato, and Jeff Kashid. Fridays, you have the artist formerly known as Break the Apocalypse, now known as Spitball Media. Um, and at intermediate times, when he has an episode to put out, you have Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne of Trivax. And non-horseman, but one of my associates, you have Mycelium Signal from Constantine Tuonohovi. Um, and actually, I got messed, I got mixed up. Constantine's episode is the one that comes out on Sunday, not the one of Ku. It's too Finnish. I forgot that 
Yeah, so uh, the episode coming out on Christmas Day itself will be uh, Konstantin Tunahovi, um, uh, our third episode that we've done. So, yeah, check that. You know, look forward to that. And um, and then, uh, yeah, please follow everybody on social media um, and uh, share the podcast uh, out into the world, into the void. And uh, you can find me on Instagram at either my name or at Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station I run. And we do shows live every Tuesday and Thursday, starting at 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, which you can listen to at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. And you can check out the website to see more information. And then you can also uh, follow us on social media on Instagram and see all the playlists for all the shows and you can um uh, also get links to all the spotify playlists and you can also uh get all the stuff for the podcast as well it's all one stop shop and finally i have a patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul podcast um so uh two dollars a month and you get uh two to four bonus episodes a month as well as the i guess you could say the uh the honor of uh helping me out or I'm the one who's honored by people actually uh um signing up and and um you know helping support the mission here so I really appreciate everybody who goes on there and if you uh sign on to Patreon you get a uh a um mint shout out over right here on the on the podcast so um so yeah so that's that so I guess we'll get into the episode um horror hotel uh phantoms so hope you guys enjoy and hail satan again um kind of we ended up missing missing the um the time for to get out in november but all right technical difficulties <laughs> yes sorry but technology is evil and it's because we're doing phantoms yeah yeah i think the ancient evil is trying to get to us you know yes but um <laughs> anyways yeah so like i was saying 
with my dad and I saw it in the theaters. And I, I, I love his movie when I saw it. And then, you know, of course, like, read the book after after seeing the movie. And then, of course, when it came out on tape, you know, I had it. I, I've, uh, I used to watch this movie a lot more, like, particularly, you know, when it, after it came out. Um, right. And then it's one I, I can go back to pretty often, you know. Oh, yeah, dude. But cause you, sure. you said you hadn't seen it in a while before this one, right? No, because I have it on tape and I don't have a tape player anymore. Right. So, so the first time you watched it for a while? Yeah. Yeah, I guess we'll get into um, more into the some of the details and then we can, uh, you know, work our way through. And uh, so, yeah, so Phantoms was released in 1998. Um What's the release date? January twenty sixth. Yeah, so nice. they're, they're filming it in ninety seven up at Georgetown, um, which I never knew. You didn't know it was filmed up in Georgetown? Nah, dude. Like I was like, damn. Like rewatching it again, I'm like, damn. This that's gotta be a Colorado town, but I don't know which ones. I never knew it was actually really filmed here. Yeah, and the first scene in the movie where they're driving up, um, you know, up the canyon that was yeah. filmed. Um, up um uh clear creek can not yeah clear creek canyon oh nice Golden, yeah right so, yeah so is that 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 drive you know to drive up to blackhawk and all that stuff yep. yeah oh yeah dude i took that drive all the time my grandpa so yep yeah so that so that first scene was filmed there and then yeah pretty much all the externals and even some of uh a lot of the intern, the even the uh they filmed a lot of a lot of it on set on location from what i understand like not too much on sets actually which is pretty nice. cool that's way cool dude because i've loved georgetown yeah and they do make it look a lot bigger in the movie i feel like but um oh yeah for sure uh due to some clever editing but i mean i literally i watched the movie and i actually i actually was just up in georgetown um shortly after i watched the movie like right. you know i whatever month or month or so ago or whatever and um yeah, it was kind of cool to to, have to go to Georgetown after just watching the movie recently because you can go, right. oh, yeah, that's where that is. That's where that is. Like, everything looks the same. You know what I mean? Yeah, dude. Hell yeah, dude. That's awesome. I used to go my, up to Georgetown all the time with my uncle. Yeah. Like, it's a cool place. I, you know, nothing's open at night. You have to go during the day. But, you know, there's, right. there's some cool stuff. And um, like I said, when, when they were filming, my dad and I went up and see it saw where they had everything blocked off and everything and uh yeah georgetown's cool and it was also like um a really i found a few years back i found that the georgetown cemetery that's right oh nice dude yeah it's right down the canyon like if you keep going down on the side road past like the you know they have the reservoir up there yep uh you keep going down there there's georgetown cemetery which is pretty cool little little mountain cemetery that you know i don't think a lot of people know about right um yeah so it's cool to see that in the movie um yeah so the movie is directed by joe chappelle who um i think he most of his stuff he's done as tv like he did like the wire and csi and stuff like that he's done some movies though but yeah he's mostly he oh he did curse of michael myers okay and uh yeah he's only done a handful of movies he's mostly a tv guy um nice 
Yeah, and um, of course, it's starring um, uh, the cast. Of course, is Peter O'Toole as Timothy Flight, uh, the great Timothy Peter, the great Peter O'Toole is one of my favorite actors. Oh yeah, dude. And we got Rose McGowan as Lisa Paley, and Joanna Going as Janie Paley, uh, Liv Schreiber as Deputy Stu Wargle. Um, ben Affleck as Sheriff Bryce Hammond. And it's funny to think that this movie came out in so early in Ben Affleck's career that he's that low on the, you know. Right. If this came out even just a couple years later, he'd probably be up up at the top. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah, dude. Um, yeah, that's pretty much like the main, the main characters. You got Deputy Steve as well, Nikki Cat. And right, I mean, Clifton Powell is General Copperfield. Of course, Clifton Powell is a great actor. Yep. Um. Yeah, I mean, that's the main cast. Is those the you know those people? And um, this is back. I think this would have come out. Oh, well, let's see. Scream was ninety. Was it ninety six or ninety seven? Ninety six. Ninety six. So this is a couple years after Scream. Rose McGowan is still, you know. And she's, I mean, she was never, I don't think she ever became like the hugest star, but she was just probably the peak no. of her career in a lot of ways, you know? Yeah. Cause it was right yeah. before Charmed. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she, she came in on Charmed like halfway through the show too. Right. Because Shannon Doherty was on the show originally. She took yep. over. But, um, you know, which, uh, you know, they're, they're, you know, they're both pretty hot. So, you know, yep. That's good for both. <laughs> That's like the best part about Charmed. <laughs> yeah, right. I used to have a huge crush on um, both of them. <laughs> oh, yeah. I had a huge crush on Rose McGowan once I saw her in Scream. Oh, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, and that crush lasted for a long time, and then, then she kind of went off to crazy end and uh, yeah, and got kind of annoying, and then she started you doing can't play Manson on that. <laughs> yeah. And then she started like... Um, all the, I mean, last time I saw her and something, she had done some surgery to her face where she couldn't even close her mouth. It was pretty sad. Right. <laughs> botched, botched face, face uh, lift or whatever. Right. But yeah, this is back at her at her peak and her prime, and um, she's great in it. And uh, I do think it's funny that really Joanna Going is more of a main, in some ways, more of a main character, but Rose McGowan was probably a bigger actor at the time. So. Yep. Yep. But yeah, so, so the um, like I said, the movie starts with you got Jennifer Paley, played by by Joanna Going and Rose McGowan. They're driving up, um, up the Clear Creek Canyon, you know, um, yep. to Snowfield, Colorado. Um, basically, we we kind of find out in their conversation that they're sisters, and that and pretty good exposition. I mean, it's not too heavy handed. And that, yeah. um, basically, like that, Rose McGowan's character is like um, kind of a trouble, you know, trouble kid. I guess you could say. Get she's like hanging out with the bad kids in L.A. and stuff. So I guess she's kind of been. I I don't know if her parent, their parents, like were like trying to get her there, or or the the uh, Jennifer the Jennifer character is trying to get her to come there, just to, like get out of trouble for a little bit, go up in the mountains. Right. But, yeah. Jennifer is a doctor, 
So we find that out. She's like a doctor up in this, you know, this nice little town up in the mountains. Yep. Um, which, yeah, sets it all up. And they're driving up. And then pretty much right from the beginning, we're already like, it, this movie doesn't, there's no build up. It's just no. like literally right from the start of the movie, you're you're into the the, the creepiness. So they yeah. they get to, they get to the, the town. There's like pretty much no one around, which is weird, right? right? And then and then they um they go to the house, and that's I forget forget they find like the the lady who owns the house or whatever, right? Dead. Yeah, she was like the I think she was like a caretaker for her, something like that. Yeah. Like, 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 oh no, like a housekeeper or something. That's right. Yeah, housekeeper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So the housekeeper, they find her corpse there. Um, and, um, and they start going, oh, like, you know, figure out something's going on. They find a few other corpses and, um, they, they, um, And then, oh yeah, then they also find the, the severed heads of the baker and his wife in an oven, right? <laughs> yeah, I love that scene. Yeah, that's a good scene. And yeah, it is. And it, so they're trying to get, they try to go to the police office. There's no one there. But then finally, um, finally, uh, the Ben Affleck. They run into Ben Affleck's character along with Cliff Schreiber and uh, the other guy. Yep. And um. Uh, I forget why they're there. Like they something something they they felt like, felt like something was going on. I can't remember exactly. Because the the other cops called them and then radio got cut off. That's right. Yeah, the cops try to get a hold of them. So they're they're kind of like state police, right? So yeah, um, they're trying to they but but I think there something weird happened to their cars or whatever. I think. So yep. they're like they like came in on on foot. As soon as they hit hit outside of town, I was in the car. And that's the thing. Like the sisters find out too is that their car won't start for some reason. Right. So yeah. So you know you set up. It's like an empty town. Nobody alive. There's just like the, what the five of them or six of them. And yeah. And uh, and it's creep. You know it's pretty creepy. This whole part of the movie I think is very creepy. Oh, it is, dude, for sure. And like, you don't know about Liv Schreiber's character because he's just so fucking creepy, like right. right away. Yeah, he's already from the start a weirdo and a creep. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? <laughs> I'm watching this funny. I like when it said his name was Stu. I was like, oh, that's just hilarious to me, only because of you know him being in Scream but not playing Stu. Right. Yeah. But I didn't play the guy who they set up as the killer who's not the killer. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Liv Schreiber is just good at playing kind of like smarmy assholes isn't he oh he totally is like he pulls this character off really like perfectly you know just kind of smarmy gross you know kind of like creepy cop you know yep and uh yeah ben affleck i mean he does a good job in the movie too i think he you know like i said this was like before he became a big big actor but he does a really good job in the movie i think oh he totally does dude yeah, they so they're all together. I guess you know at first they're thinking maybe there's a serial killer or something, but there's something weird going on, right? And they right. I think they they go to the the hotel. Yeah, because they hear that scream noise or whatever, like the people screaming. 
Yeah, they hear like a scream and they go down to the to the hotel. And this whole part is like very creepy. It is like the you guys see the hotel's lit and that's the only thing lit in the town. Yeah, all the lights turn off except for the hotel, so something's trying to yep. lead them there, you know. Obviously. <laughs> right. But they get there and I think that's where they find like that big pile of like watches and shit too, right? That's yep. one of the places yep. they find like like anything undigestible from inside from right person, and, they, like, and they think it's like a offering at first yeah but but there's like a pacemaker in it you know yeah yeah it's weird and uh this whole part is really creepy you know they find some more bodies and that's another creepy live strider moment when there's like the the dead dead woman you know and he's like, yeah caressing her corpse <laughs> yeah like this guy is fucking deranged right and um and that's where they find in there's like a room there's nobody in there they break open the bathroom which is our also locked from the inside right and there's nobody there but there's like um scrawled in, in lipstick is the word is the name timothy flight yep they don't know what that means but they um That's when one one of the guys goes to investigate a sound but doesn't return. Right. Done in his hat and shoes, which yep. is pretty creepy. Right. Yeah. And they get back to the sheriff's office after that, and and they, I think they managed to make some some radio contact request aid and. Right. Yeah, it's fucking creepy. Because they try to get a hold of everybody. And all they can keep telling is like, Timothy, flight. I don't know what happened. But, um, yeah, so so we find out that... Uh, we also found out earlier that he was used to be FBI, which comes in, in, in um, as part of the plot. Because right. that's how they've managed to figure out who Timothy Flight is. Yep. But um and we we also see that the you know, we also find out that he killed a kid on accident. Right. Um, like and that's when he stopped being FBI and went to just be like a state trooper or whatever. Yep. Um but I think that's because like it seems like the, the whatever the thing that whatever's going on is like um making people hallucinate, you know? Yeah. Yep. Like they're seeing things and it's like can like mess with them kind of, um, right? You know, and and uh, it seems to be acting. I mean, Liv Schreiber's character already is pretty creepy, but it, whatever the, the force is there seems to be uh, affecting him even more. You know what I mean? Yep. Um. But yeah, so they um they go back to the so they're like I said they're at the the sheriff's office and that's when we get the first like real creature scene when the moth thing attacks them oh yeah that shit fucking made me jump when i watched that home the first time yeah it's pretty creepy and yeah because i wasn't expecting that at all i was like oh shit yeah and and i'm i'm wondering too like you know in silent hill one the first the first game original silent hill game the first creature that you fight is uh 
is a mo is a giant mop thing that breaks through a window, you know? That's right. And I do I know that Dean Koontz is like an influence on was an influence on the guys creating Silent Hill. Right. I wouldn't be I I'm I'm almost hundred percent certain that they were influenced by Phantoms. I could like, see that for sure, dude. You know, by the book, and then obviously, and then probably even by the movie, because this would have came out around the time that they're developing the game. Yep. And now, you know, there's so much parallels too. Like you go to this creepy abandoned town. You know what I mean? And there's something. Oh yeah, on, dude. And, yeah, and then that whole scene just seems very much like I'm like I feel like Silent Hill is definitely influenced by it. You know. Oh hell yeah, dude. Yeah, because I think that that scene happens in the book too, if I remember correctly. Right. But even in the movie, I mean, yeah, it just seems seems like that that to me. It's just the parallels are too too clear. You know what I mean? Yep. And you know, in Silent Hill, a lot of the street names are named after horror writers. Yeah. And um, and of course, one one of the streets I think is Dean Koontz Street or something. So. Yeah. <laughs> But um, yeah. So this battle is cool. The the thing manages to uh, eat Liv Schreider's face off. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> Which is pretty brutal. <laughs> yeah, right. Like literally, like like rips his face off. Like yeah, and it leaves like a hole there. Which is pretty creepy. Yeah, and I love I love the editing where it looks like you're looking out the mountains when it's all dark, and then when it pans out, it's his face. Yeah. <laughs> yeah and the um yeah and then they put him in in um in the morgue but yep. um like that's the scene where where um uh rose mcgowan's character goes to the bathroom and that's when he like kind of attacks her like yeah like it almost seems like the the creature's taking his form, you know. Yep. And they go back, and and his body's gone from the morgue too. Like, and it seems like the thing came out of the drain. Right. Yeah. But yeah, like I said, Hammond was a uh, Ben Affleck's character was an FBI agent, and that plays in where they're able to find uh, Timothy Flight, who turns out yep. is a a British academic who theorizes. About this idea called the ancient enemy, which um, yes. is this force that he thinks lurks deep in the earth, essentially, and comes up and consumes everybody, and and takes on this like the whatever they they're they're they see as evil. I like guess it sees itself as like the evil or something like that. Yeah, yeah. It, it an entity he generalizes as chaos in the flesh that periodically wipes yes. out civilizations. Which is a pretty cool idea, I think. Oh, it is, dude, for sure. Yeah. I mean, it's basically like a cosmic horror story in a lot of ways. You know, it's not too far off. Oh, yeah, dude. Something like a Lovecraft story, you know? Yep. Which I think is really cool. Exactly. You know? Oh, hell yeah. Um, But yeah, this is when, you know, I guess their their message did get through. Obviously, they, they tracked him if he flight. All of a sudden... They got the street, the whole thing blocked off, and they, um, and, um, they're basically like, I guess, like, there's like a kind of scientific, like a military scientific task force come, comes in with, like, you know, with, with flight. Yep. And, um, 
And it's basically like, like it seems like the entity. That's exactly what the entity wanted. He wanted Timothy Flight to come there and spread his like spread his word, the word of the gospel of the enemy or whatever, right? You know, like right. And wants wants his self-aggrandizement. Like, like it seems like yeah. the, the thing like feeds off of people and sucks. It, it it kind of like no like you know like it'll like consume your memories and knows everything that you know like when it eats you basically right that's kind of what yep. i get yeah no, that's what i got too dude so somehow it found out about flight and through like somebody's memory as he writes these stories for like like people see him as a crackpot you know but um yeah but he was right i guess you know <laughs> right <laughs> um yeah, the uh, I'm trying to remember. Uh, yeah, that's right. The the they try to like they tr- this, I forget how they figure out, but they figure out that the creatures probably underground, like in the sewers. Yeah, it's when they go down the sewers and they see like the electrical stuff was r- ripped apart. Right, that's how it was controlling like the lights going on in yep. places. Yeah. And and while they're down there, they a bunch of soldiers get eaten. Yeah. Um. And yeah, like because they're down there in the sewers, and uh, yeah, the this dog turns into a a monster and eats yeah. everybody but flight. Yeah, it's kind of, kind of reminds me of the thing right there. Yeah, it's definitely very. Uh, it's definitely very. Um, very the the thing you know yes um they get they get like a little sample of the of the the you know the things like um body right like yeah because when they kill the guy yep yeah the the one the one scientist guy is like possessed or whatever converted and throws up a pot a pool of like the stuff for them to take because the thing wants them to to study it yeah essentially for whatever reason and yep. um, so they they go into the 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 this kind of battlefield laboratory thing i guess so, you know it's like they kind right. of it kind of looks like um something out of starship troopers or something a little bit yeah it does <laughs> And uh, they're in there doing stuff, and and I think that they find out that it's some type of amoebic life form, right? And it's some type of carbon that that um uh kind of similar to oil, right? That's what it, that's yep. what it is. Yeah. yeah, similar to oil. Yep. Yeah, Physi- physiologically petroleum jelly. Yep. To crude oil. Yeah. Yeah. And could be killed by a bacteria that's bioengineered in just fossil fuels. So, yep. Um, so they figure out that that they have some of this bacteria, but what they have, they need to get into the kind of center of the enemy, like the nucleus of of the force. Um. And uh, that's when um. They kind of trick it into revealing its its full form. Yep, because Ben Affleck's like it thinks it's fucking devil. It has an ego. We can kill it. Yeah, exactly. And um, 
the uh, I think that's is, is that when they go to the church? Was that earlier? That was earlier. Yeah, that, that was when the scientists first got there, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. That part is really cool, like with the church. Oh hell yeah, it is, dude. Yeah, that's when that's when the Copperfield guy gets possessed. I think right, like the yep. the, the, the military. Yeah, I love that part. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, dude. Like it has all of the all of the the in the undigestible parts of people and and everything. Yep. Like, and yeah, it's, that's a cool part. Yeah, but it is. The thing's like kind of posturing itself as being like the devil or Satan. Yeah. You know, just kind of it sees itself as this has it kind of has like an arrogant like it believes it's a god essentially. Yep. And um not yeah, like I said, that's what they use against it. And um and they manage to trick it and get get the the all get this this bacteria onto it which seems to kill it. Yep. Because uh, I like how Peter O'Toole's character, Timothy Flat, he's like, they think you're, they can beat you, but I know they can't. Now come on. Yeah. What do you yeah. got to be afraid of? <laughs> yep. But you can, oh, that like does it too, because like you could tell, like, because Ben Affleck's like, that fucker, he's fucking going against us. But you could like see Peter O'Toole's like just shaking, like, now, now, please. <laughs> and it, this would be a good time. Yeah. Let's do it now. <laughs> yep. Yeah, and um, yeah, it seems it seems to die about it, you know, uh, die from it all, and right. Um, I guess like uh, then, what's that? Oh, then you got Liev Schreiber who shows back up. That shit's hilarious. Yeah, you got Liev Schreiber shows back. Yeah, everybody's kind of like being yeah, because um, even uh, Ben Affleck's character is kind of confronted by the the child. Yep. And then Liv Shriver shows up and they have to like deal with him. Right. It, it, it kind of got cheesy there for a minute because I forgot when he does like the whole like limbo things like, hello, can you go? You're like, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, it kind of it takes it a little too far. <laughs> right. Yeah. But yeah, then, it, you know, they, they, they destroy the thing and, you know, we flash forward and Timothy Flight's written a, a book about the ancient enemy and all this stuff and Yep. I always wonder though, it, did they really kill it? You know, or did they just well, no, because when you watch the end with the twist, when you see them like at the bar, those people at the bar, and you see Leave Show, like, hey, can I show you something? Yeah, exactly. Which kind of then tells it ends. That, that they didn't kill it all, you know, right? Which I would, I would, to me, it would make sense that you probably oh, yeah. kill the whole thing because it's like some type of like, I mean, how do you kill the whole thing in that? And it's, it's something deep under underground. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean it's still there. Yeah. I also I, feel like it's someone that doesn't want to take out like the whole role at once. It's like someone that just kind of does this thing every periodically. Like that's how I always felt about it. Yeah, it needs to kind of feed and spread terror yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, it's like it's not like oh, I want to wipe out the world forever. No, because I, I also think it probably wouldn't be able to uh to you know, it needs things so it's like feed off of, you know, it's a predator. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. But you know, it's got a lot of power. It's it, it's kind of like a bi. It kind of mixes the biological and and the and the spiritual in a way because I feel like it's a biological entity, but then it also has some type of ability to um, operate beyond that. Like it has a certain like uh, I don't know. You know, like it's able to. I mean, it's able to affect stuff that 
things turn off around it and you know like, right when not like it's not i don't know if it's purely biological or not you know yeah or if it's like biological but it's able to it has some certain powers like telekinesis type powers or something you know what i mean right dude which i, I think it kind of does yeah dude for sure but um yeah i mean it's definitely you definitely have that part with it's definitely a nod to the, the thing yep um you know, I just think that it's 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 like it's funny that this movie is not so well known, and I don't really understand why. Because when it comes to a certain that kind of this kind of kind of cosmic type horror genre, I mean, this is a really underrated classic. You know what I mean? Oh hell yeah, dude! I mean, shit. That's why I still like. I know people. Some people get the reference or not. You know, if, even from Kevin Smith, from you know Jay and Slap Bob's right back. Ben Affleck, you're the motherfucking bombs of Phantom yeah <laughs> yeah like i feel like it doesn't it just seems like a very underrated kind of kind of classic that needs to kind of yep. be be you know recognized again for what it is for how good it is and particularly if you're you know i mean to me it it's in that can of canon with like those movies like the thing or you know prince of darkness which is kind of has yep. some similarities too you know and oh hell yeah dude in the mouth of madness mouth of madness and and like that kind of or any you know the mist could be seen yep. as like some you know they're not exactly the same but they're kind of on a similar wavelength you know? right yep and they both got the the floating the flat um the kind of like uh moth weird moth creatures as well <laughs> oh yeah dude yeah, in my opinion, it's like if you want like a creepy movie that's got a really cool like concept, you know, and and particularly like the build up, you know, like when they're wandering through the the town, they don't know what's going on. Like, I mean, I just think that it works so well, you know. Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Builds a lot of it's a very creepy atmosphere. It can build a lot of tension. And you can kind of put yourself in that position of like, what would I do if I was in that situation? You know? Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> this thing's sure. pretty, pretty like uh you know in a lot of ways almost unstoppable you know what i mean right and like um yeah i just really like the atmosphere of it like because again it reminds me of silent hill or yeah even, dude. or even like some parts of like you know resident evil 2 like you know yep. if you take the zombies out it's just like the, the yeah like the abandoned places or whatever but um oh hell yeah dude I just, uh, yeah, I almost wonder too, because I've talked to some people about it, and it seems like some people just assumed that it was just a crappy, like, teen movie from the cover, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. It, it does. When you look at the cover, you just look like, oh, it's another Scream ripoff at that time. Yeah. And so I've talked to people about it, and they didn't see the movie because they, did, they didn't know what it was about, and they just kind of assumed, you know, Right from, from the cover that it was like some extreme movie or something. Yeah, and I think so. I think that might be part of the problem was like bad advertising where they tried to go with like the um, what was like the trendy thing to do at the time, you know, with like yeah. advertising for it. But it wasn't yeah. very appropriate for this movie, which isn't really a teen movie or or a movie for somebody who likes Scream. You know what I mean? Oh, exactly, dude. Like, so I do think that might have been part of the problem, and also that it was kind of maybe out of step a little bit in that time period in the 90, late nineties yeah. when you know it wasn't. I know what you did last summer, you know, right? Like, but this one in that canon of of those hand, you know, 
I mean, in my opinion, when it comes to '90s horror, this is this is one of my favorite '90s horror movies. I totally agree. It also gives me a lot of nostalgia as well, because because you know I I remember seeing it you know in the, in the '90s and you yep. watch it and you just feel so like so like it does feel it feels timeless but very '90s at the same time. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude, for sure. It's timeless in a way that like Georgetown hasn't changed like one bit to this day, right? right. The setting still looks pretty like. But, but, you know, stuff people wearing and just like the whole feeling of, you know, they, no one has cell phones and stuff, you know? Yep. And just still has, it just has that, that 90s feeling, the 90s look to it. Like, I really love the way the movie looks. And Oh, yeah, dude. Like, you know? Oh, dude, for sure. It's beautifully shot. Yeah, like, uh, yeah, like the the way that I was, re- last time I watched it, I was really impressed by the by a lot of the shots and the way they built tent the they built tension. Particularly like in that part, like when they're going through the hotel, like even though yeah. I knew what was going to happen, I still felt like tension in that part. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude. Yeah, he's just like, what? I don't know what's going to happen next. Like when they turn the corner and all that shit. Yeah, and a big part of that is is how good the the way the cuts are and the way the camera yeah. is placed and everything. You know, shot yeah. shot shots and stuff oh hell yeah sure yeah and that's one big part of why i like i really i wanted to cover it for for the podcast is i just want to like inspire people to go and wa- watch this movie because of how how much i like it you know oh yeah dude same here it's one of those movies like a few people i know who are in the horror like what the fuck is fans like dude check it out and they're like oh shit this movie's actually really good i'm like yep yeah it's a, it's a really good movie and and unfortunately it's not streaming anywhere yeah, and I know I've looked. <laughs> often I look. So, I think you can probably like rent it on Amazon. Maybe I think I didn't check yeah. that, but um. So yes, um, I don't know if there's a Blu-ray or I have an old DVD that, that I lent you, but right. I would buy I would buy some Blu-ray. I don't think there was a Blu-ray. I think I checked, and there's not even a Blu-ray of this movie. Like okay, like, I don't. Which I just don't understand. I don't get it. I don't get why don't this movie. This movie needs to get a nice like screen, shout factory, screen factory reissue, you know. Fuck yeah, it does. If like all if like House on Haunted Hill and Thirteen Ghosts and Ghost Ship all get like nice, you know, Blu-ray editions, like Phantom Scenes one, because right, you know, this movie and you know, I love House on Hill. I watch it every year, but I mean, I think this movie is actually a little bit better than that. You know what I mean? Oh, I agree. Like just as a movie, I just feel like this movie, you know, makes a little bit more sense. I mean, I still I love House on Haunted Hill, and it's funny because again, there was like a, something going on at that time too. Because House on Haunted Hill, The Haunting, and a few other movies all around the same time that were more supernatural all had like some giant like, uh, you know, nebulous creature at the end. You know, what right? I mean? <laughs> yep. Yeah, like, dude, for sure. I just uh, was thinking about that. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not sure why that was like a in the like a thing to do in the late '90s, but right. But I think in 1998, I mean, this was probably the cream of the crop. I mean, this you know, I, I don't remember yeah. there being that many good horror movies coming out that year. You know, no, neither. '99, you had you had the House on the Hill, which, but yep. um, Sleepy Hollow. Sleepy Hollow, yeah. There was some good stuff come out of that that year, but um, I don't know. Ninety eight wasn't wasn't because I, I didn't, I'm not a big. I don't like like I know what you did last summer and that kind of stuff. Not you know? either. 
pretty much the only one of those movies that that I can I like is is the first Scream. You know. Yep. Yep. Agreed. Although I haven't seen Urban Legend, I've heard that's that's not too bad. Dude, I don't remember that movie at all. I know I rented it once. I never saw it in theaters, but I don't remember anything about that movie. Yeah, um, I, I've heard that that's not too bad. But I was like, um, wasn't that more in the two thousands, like I early think, early two thousands, like two thousand, yeah, two thousand two thousand one. Yeah, trying to think, did Wishmaster come out in ninety eight? Um, it would have been around then. Yeah, I mean, let yeah. me see. Because uh, the Wishmaster is a good one. Yeah, it is. Yeah, let's see. Wishmaster is ninety seven, so ninety seven. Okay. Yeah. So around the same time. Yeah. And Wishmaster two came out ninety nine. Okay. Yeah. That's another underrated movie, if you ask me. Wishmaster. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. That's a good one. Yep. Yeah, it looks like Phantoms is only available on Amazon or like YouTube if you pay for it. So, okay, yeah, it's not streaming anywhere outside of that. But uh, that's a shame. Yeah, the um, yeah, the uh, I'm trying to try to see if there is a is there a Blu-ray of it. There is. I want to buy it. No, I don't think so. Of course not. Let me let me double check, but you can get a DVD. Uh, let's see, is there a Blu-ray of it? Let's see. Um, Region ABC. It's a Spanish import on Blu-ray. Oh Jesus! And I don't know. Yeah, you'd have to have a. Yeah. Because Region ABC, I don't I forget what region is is the. Yeah, it's dubbed in Spanish. <laughs> I don't know. You can yeah, get you, you can get an English language on this, but I can't. I can't think of ABC as is any of yeah it. is uh, part of uh, one ones you can watch in the states. I probably not. I don't think so. But right, why is this on Blu-ray in the in a Spanish edition, but not fucking American? Right, it's weird. Yeah, it is. Yeah, he's gonna find a DVD, but yeah, I mean, I found mine at like second trials like a while back. So, right, it was funny though watching it on my TV. Is it was the tiniest fucking screen? Oh really? Dude, it shrunk it down so much. That's funny. Yeah, well, you have a bigger TV than I do, but right. Yeah, this this definitely is right for a Screen Factory reissue. Maybe somebody. Dude, will hell yeah, it soon. Is. yeah, needs right? to happen. That'd be awesome. Yeah. Oh yeah, like, we do. Like I said, in my opinion, this is one one of the best '90s horror movies. Dude, I agree. Like the ones I never saw it in theaters was I think by the time one like it came out, just disappeared. Yeah, it was not out for very long. So then when I was working at the uh, video store, it came in. I was like, I am gonna rent this shit. Yeah, because I don't think that uh, I don't think Phantoms is really uh, a big hit at all. <laughs> And then I went and bought it at Target. Yeah. 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 Let's see. Yeah. It only made $5 million. Right. So it's really not good. Yeah. The, um, 
Yeah, I don't understand. Like, Robert Ebert only gave it one star. Like, uh, such a good movie, though, dude. Oh shit, your mic, your mic went out again. Yeah, I don't understand. It got like a bunch of bad reviews. I don't get it. Right. I don't either. Yeah. Like, I mean, on Amazon reviews is like almost all five, but yeah, and like, you know, like Google, it's like 75% people like it. You know, that, I mean, it's one of those movies that looks like it was like savaged by the critics. Yeah. You know? But people who like it, like, you know, like, I don't know. I don't get it. Like, I don't, it seems like it's not very well liked by a lot of people. Yeah, that's weird. Yeah. This is a damn good movie. And the atmosphere is so good, especially like that first half of that movie. Yeah. It's so damn creepy because you're just like, what the fuck? Yeah. It's like, I just, I don't know. I don't get it. I don't get why people don't like it. I mean, it's so creepy, you know, in my opinion. Right. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, so I I didn't realize that it was like uh you know I knew it wasn't a very successful movie in the theaters, but I didn't realize that it was like savage so savage so much by critics. It's so funny. I don't get it. Yeah, I don't either. But um, yeah, to me it's cool and and uh, I think people should watch it. I think it, it's it's ripe for a reassessment. In yep. You know, new dvd new blu-ray and you know i don't know i think more people should watch it because it's definitely up there with one of the best like 90s uh horror movies in my opinion oh hell yeah dude yeah well what what would you what would you rate uh phantoms out of five four four out of five yeah i think i'm going to give it 4.5 nice yeah 4.5 um you know Oilific enemies, <laughs> right? The um, yeah. Anything else that you want to say about about Phantoms? It's just a shame it didn't do as well as it should have. And honestly, it's such a fucking good movie. Like if you've never seen it, check it out because it's definitely has good creepy atmosphere. It has a good slow build to it, like the way you know horror movies should be, in my opinion. Yeah, like it gets into right into. The creepy stuff um but then it builds up really well right i think you know yeah like i mean it throws you right into it but then it just kind of once you're into it you're like you're not like when you first start watching you're like well is it a plague is it a serial killer what what the hell's going on exactly it could be a lot of things and like again yeah. in my opinion it reminds me of of uh of sound hill it's like it's yeah. like you're just thrown into it and you're in this creepy environment and you're like don't know what's going on and yeah yeah I I I'm I don't know why I'm like such I'm such a big fan of this type of genre of like abandoned you know you walk in and it's like you know uncanny like right like, you know it's a town right. there's supposed to be people here where did all the people go you know yeah yep. like you know things are still like it looks like people just like you know they still left like stuff cooking and. They're just gone, right. you know. I just I, there's something about that kind of 
that kind of genre or of just walking into these like a band like you know abandoned place or like how you know silent hill whatever you know that's just like one of my favorite genres of horror so i'm like maybe i'm like a real big mark for this kind of movie you know what i mean <laughs> dude i hear you man i mean shit i love that stuff yeah like the abandoned towns are like a old creepy house yeah i guess for me i just feel like i can connect to that because we've we've all been in those types of situations sometimes where you're in a, a place that gives you that uncanny feeling where like like why is it like this right now you know what i mean yep so you know you just take that a step further and something really creepy is happening something wrong's happening you know I, right yeah to me it's just i really like that i like how how um and in the book i remember it gets a lot more in depth about a lot of this stuff and like with the enemy and and you know it creates a really good atmosphere too if i remember correctly right of the whole thing as well and um yeah i just think i think it's a cool concept of this ancient evil thing like lurking down below it comes up and eats eats whole communities you know like uh just yeah I don't know. I, really, yeah. I just I just love this movie. I don't know why people I just don't. I don't get why why it wasn't successful. Maybe it wasn't successful, like I said, because of the people will often judge stuff just based off of the surface. So yeah, I don't know. So many people who like would just see, oh, look at the cover and go, oh, this movie looks stupid. Like I'm gonna just like talk shit about it. You know what I mean? Yep. You know, like like unfortunately, that kind of stuff does like make a impression like how you advertise a movie can can often often somehow for whatever reason i think because people are stupid you know like and they can't they can't actually think for themselves so they like just look at like something and they judge it just by a, a poster or something really you know right i think that might be part of it i think too that the concept of it with the kind of lovecraftian elements to it particularly in the late 90s was not very popular you know no, I mean, in the mouth of the madness and Prince of Darkness and stuff like that that were not popular movies at all. Neither was the thing, you know. Yep. Whereas, like, the thing got has gotten critical revaluation, and nowadays, more and more people are turning around to to in the mouth of madness and Prince of Darkness. Like, yeah, I mean, I think the same thing. You know, it's time for the fan for Phantoms, where it's like, you know. Right. Yep. So, you know, this is a cool movie with a cool concept and and a good good atmosphere. And, oh uh, yeah, yeah. I also think that some people just hate Ben Affleck too. You know that, right? I yeah. wonder if that affects the movie too. Like, there's certain people who just hate him, you know, and they don't yep. like. They just will mock anything he's in. So I, I, particularly in the late '90s, he was like, a lot of people like attacked him for whatever reason. Right, which I never understood. I didn't get that either, but it seemed like the I remember people had up antipathy to Ben Affleck for whatever reason back in the nineties. Yep. Like and you remember when they announced him for like Batman, like I mean it was like people are a savage, you know? And he ended up actually oh, ended yeah. up being like a really good Batman, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly, dude. He's a he's a good actor, you know. Oh hell yeah, he is. Yeah, I never really got that. Maybe maybe I think maybe the 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 there's like goodwill hunting and all that stuff. Maybe it was like annoying people. I don't know. Right. Well, I think it also didn't help. Like even before that, he's always playing such a douchebag. Yeah, I think that might be part of it because his 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 early career was like playing most like douchebags, right? So. Right, because like in um, 
Dacing and Fuse, he was a douchebag, and Mallrats, he was a douchebag. Yeah, it probably that didn't help. Like people just associate him with some type of douchebag, you know? Right. And he, I mean, he does have that arrogant, like Boston's, you know, look to him. But yeah, but I mean, he he like, he does a good job in this movie, and yeah, you know, for for what he what he's given, and um, I think uh, I I never really had that that like negative opinion of Ben Affleck. No, dude, I was I always liked Ben Affleck. Like I never like looked at him like ah, oh, he's just a, no. I thought he's always been a good actor, and dude, he's a hell of a director. What is he directed? Um, of course you're gonna ask me that. Fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, damn it. He's done all quite a few. I have to look it up. I don't like. I don't know if I've ever. I mean, I think I've heard that he's a director, but I don't know if I've ever seen anything he's directed. Ben Affleck here. Let's see. Dude, I'm gonna, it's gonna drive me nuts. Ben Affleck directed. Yeah, the town, Argo, um, Gone Baby Gone. Yeah, I don't think I've seen any of those movies, but they're, okay, they're, good. They're, they're good. I've seen the Argo. Yeah, they're really good, dude. Yeah, I don't think I've actually seen those. He was gonna do like he has. He had a whole fucking plan for a Batman movie that he was gonna do. He's gonna make it more kind of like a Dark Knight Returns. Yeah, that would, he could. I mean, he he could do that, you know. Like, yeah, but then DC's like, "We're done with you." Reach want James Gunn to do everything. It's annoying. I mean, I I get like where they want to like maybe shift gears, but I mean they're keeping Aquaman, so just fucking let you know you're already like you don't have like a DC universe. Just right. fucking. Do the different things, let people do stuff. Like, yep. I mean, yeah, like you're not Marvel. Yeah, just just accept the fact that your shit's not gonna. It's not in alignment. I mean, you're doing the Batman series, you know. Uh, uh, you know, like with the bat, you know, we got we're ready on the next bat, the Batman movie, you know. Yeah. And and you know he's doing the Penguin show. Yeah. That's, that's like one universe. Yeah, and then they're gonna do a Batman and the Bald movie, which is another universe. Yeah, so you know you're keeping Aquaman right from the from the from the Snyder. Yeah, from the Snyderverse. So just uh, just yeah, let Ben Affleck keep do do a thing. And I mean, you know, I would I would like it if he was able to do like just a pure Batman movie. Because he's a good Batman, it's just the movies that he's in aren't are kind of not that great. You know what I mean? Yep. They had the, he had a whole great. He was on just like Dark Knight Returns. He even had Jared Leto to come back as Joker. Oh really? He's gonna make dark, not you know, looking like a meth out Joker, but like you know, Joker Joker. Right. And he's gonna have like Margot Robbie come back as Harley Quinn, make her more fucking dark and crazy. Yeah. He had this whole idea. Like, you know, it's basically getting, you know, Robin's dead and everything. And that would have been cool. You should have done Right. That. Yep. Because, like, I would like, you know, it's funny that there's people out there who bitch about, uh, like, I want Batman to be fun again. I was like, fuck that. I like the dark Batman. I don't want, like, some fucking fun, like, 
you know, let's go back to the Batman TV show from the '60s type of camp thing. Like, I don't get that, dude. No, I don't either. Like, no. <laughs> I kind of get it with like James Bond because I am a little, a little weary of like, right? Of like the, like you know, the Craig era was good, but it did get a little tiresome after a little bit with the kind of dour. You know, yeah, it's a little too Nolan-y, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I heard originally they're gonna go like you know more fun, but then when Dark Knight came out, they're like, no, no, never mind. Everybody wants dark. Well, yeah, I mean, like, I mean, Casino Royale is like a pretty gritty movie, right? Even even that showed like the effect of like of like Batman Begins. I feel like, yeah. But I mean, I do like I do like the Craig series for what it is. But uh, I would I wouldn't mind a return to more of like because I mean I kind of think there's a balance because the 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 books are Bond books are kind of cre- kind of dark still and gritty, but they're not like they're still kind of fun. You know what I mean? At the same time, right? Like they're they're kind of brutal, but they're fun. You know, I, we don't have to go as far camp. You don't have to go campy like how to to the point of like the 70s bond movies but i i wouldn't mind like uh slightly moody but but still fun which they kind of are trying and, to do with like uh pierce brosnan like i i wouldn't mind a re- return to i would like a return to more of like the golden eye you know that 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 era bond you know oh, I mean? oh yeah where it's kind of gritty but still fun yeah you know, like that that's one that's one one thing where i'd be like yeah like let's let's have a look. Let's lighten up a little bit. You guys all got a little too ponderous in the <laughs> you know what I mean? Particularly <laughs> that last Bond movie, like the Dude. I was not I was not a big fan of that one. That was not a Bond movie. That movie was just like depressing. Yeah, it's real depressing. You're and just it, like it had its beginnings. moments. Yeah, it had its moments, but I was not I was I liked I liked um I liked um Spectre, yeah, like that one was actually probably the closest out of all the Bond, all, out of the the Craig movies to the classic Bond. I feel like, yep. So that's one my I really like, I, and I get it's funny because Spectre's like hated by so many people, but I like that. That was probably like one of my favorite of the Craig Bond movies. Like, I actually, oh yeah, I do. I kind of like it more in Skyfall, really. Right. Skyfall is probably the most like Nolan-y, I feel like. Oh. Dude, it totally is. <laughs> you could you could so see like Dark Knight on that movie. Oh hell yes, you can. But uh, yeah, I because I I think that uh, yeah, I just think that 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 the last the last the last Bond movie was again he's like at the end of it he at the beginning he's not a I'm not a secret anymore you know like this kind of stuff right it's just that same stupid like thing that. They did with the, which bothered me about the Nolan movies too, where it's like he's like doesn't want to be who he is, you know. It's like yeah, stop putting like stupid like problems. They don't need to be there. Yeah, let Bond be Bond. Yeah, I mean I didn't hate that. I didn't hate that last Bond movie, but I was definitely after that movie. I was definitely like over the Craig era. I was just like I'm glad it's over. Let's let's have y'all start like something new, you know. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And let's not continue where we're going right now. No. 
Oh, dude, speaking of this, not that, but like horror movie wise, I'm so excited. They finally showed like a five second clip for uh, the TV series. Welcome to Dairy. Finally. Not really. Yeah, it doesn't come out to 2025, but I was like, fuck, yeah, it's about damn time. Yeah, that that's that um that's like a prequel to to it, right? Yeah, and Stephen King's like on the set, I guess, daily. Oh, cool. That sounds pretty promising then. Yeah, he's like on the set making sure. Now they're not they're not saying Bill Skarsgård's in it, but I got a funny feeling he'll be in it at some point. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Because I mean, like when you watch the trailer for it, it's only like a real quick five seconds, but like it takes place in the sixties and the synopsis is like there's like five friends and one of their friends goes missing. They're trying to figure out why. But then there's like this guy who's in the army, like a black guy, and of course it's the sixties, so we know how that's gonna go. Right. And then, then um in the preview, like you see one of the kids like or no, the guy you see him look in the water and like a like an arm comes out that's like a dead body, tries to pull him in. But then they show like a scene where the he looks up in the air and like a red balloon's floating there and you can hear Pennywise laugh in the background. Yeah, I mean you're doing a movie about dairy a TV show about dairy. I mean, how can you do it without without Bill Skarsgård playing Right. Pennywise, unless they're gonna cast someone else as Pennywise. Yeah, I mean they could. I mean, you don't even have to have him as a clown because I mean he's a shapeshifter, but I think it's all supposed to show him like how he chooses to be the clown. Right. So Yeah, I guess uh, another thing too we should talk about before we close out the episode too is uh we went and saw Thanksgiving. Oh yeah, we did. And uh gonna give a little mini review because yeah definitely next year for thanksgiving we'll, we'll cover it like in full yeah but um yeah i mean i i think thanksgiving is up there as one of my favorite horror movies of the year for sure oh dude for sure i think it's like my number one spot yeah i think my favorite I'm so was, impressed with it i mean i love skin Inc. and i love this movie those are probably my, my top two like it's right funny me this is not 10 yeah it's funny because Skin and Rink and Thanksgiving are about as far away from each other as you can get. But I, I right. <laughs> but yeah, the um, I just think there's like a perfect like holiday slasher. You know, like you know, it's like it's like Eli Roth. Like I'm not necessarily a very big fan of his movies, really. Right. But I, I'm a. But at the same time, I'm a fan of his. Like I think he's cool. I like, I like him. Like you know, History of Horror documentary yep. he did. I like history or a podcast he did i like listening to him on podcasts you know i feel like he's somebody that you could hang out with and talk about horror like super easy oh yeah dude and you could tell like he did this movie you could see the love he put into it exactly like you could see this was like this was like you know this is like really good ground for him because yep. he could pull on his in his, his knowledge of the genre in a way i don't think he's been able to do yet with his, his other movies because you know he can't no. do that with hostile or or even Fear, you know like or you know any of the, you know and he's only he's you know or green inferno or right whatever you know just like the first time i you know he's really been able to pull on so many of these these horror you know reference things that he references you know what i mean yep so you feel like and it's, it's well done yeah, and it's like you could. It just feels like, yeah, it's perfectly like executed. The plot is like is like amazing. Like in the, 
the you know the reveal at the end i was like genuinely surprising yeah but then i was too like i didn't see that coming no i didn't see it coming either and um and i mean the killer design is awesome you know yeah it's simple it's funny so the john carver is a real person right which i didn't know until I was listening to an interview with, with Eli Roth on uh, Postmortem, uh, McGarris' podcast. Right. And I found out a few things. I found out one is that this movie, the original concept for the movie started when he was 12. Oh, no shit. So him and the guy who wrote the screenplay, you know, they grew up together. Right. I think, what's his name, Jeff Carter or whatever? I forget his name. Yeah, I think so. They, um... They grew up together, and you know they're like such huge fans of like the holiday, you know, horror movies. There, and they're always like, "Why isn't there like a, a Thanksgiving slasher?" You know, so they used to like, I guess, when they were kids, they would like sit around and like fantasize about like what would go into a uh, a Thanksgiving slasher, like what what scenes to have and stuff. It's mostly just, and then when they did the Thanksgiving trailer, that was like they they basically put all of the like ideas for kills essentially into that trailer you know so it's just one set piece after the other they didn't have a plot or anything they just had like certain ideas for what it should be like you know yeah but um so then when they you know to do the movie i guess like his concept was that the 1980 thanksgiving that you saw in that trailer was like maybe like a lost movie or is out there or this is like a reboot you know yeah. So that's why it's set in a modern time, and they're not trying to. They didn't. They weren't trying to make the the trailer. You know, obviously they put a few scenes from the trailer in the movie. Yeah. It's supposed to be like, uh, like that one's like the 1980 version, and uh, is the trailer version, and this is like the, you know, the modern version of it. Basically, you know what I mean. That was the yep. concept for it. So. Dude. <laughs> and because they, because because they're having a problem where they when they're trying to string everything together, they were like, this wasn't working. So then they realized like, okay, let's just do it like its own thing. And we'll have like certain moments from the trailer in it. Then right. it all came kind of came together and, and making it about like the, the black Friday stuff and, you know, and, and yeah, yeah, John Carver, I guess is real. He, um, he was, uh, the fir- first governor. He was like the, um on the on the the in plymouth or whatever like he was on uh what's it what's that for that ship called um the mayflower mayflower yeah he was the governor of mayflower and when the first i think the first governor of of plymouth okay. landed and um so so yeah he was like a uh somebody that that they actually do like you know he's an important character so then they found like a, a picture of uh, an old painting of him and they modeled the the mask off of his off of his actual likeness apparently oh nice so so which is kind of funny and and yeah i mean it's set in massachusetts which because i mean that's that's where uh where he's where e- eli roth's from you know they're from massachusetts you know yep and uh and I, I like how he had everybody have like their actual accents and you know they yeah, sound, good. you know they everybody sounds like they're and and something that's even funnier i found out in that interview is that the um you know the the waitress the waitress lady who gets like her froze 
had frozen and stuff. Yep. <clears throat> I guess she actually, her, she's actually related to the real John Carver. Oh, nice. <laughs> but like, cause she's actually from Massachusetts as well. And yeah. Like her, you know, great, 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 whatever was, is actually John Carver. <laughs> so he's, he's like, it was kind of funny that, you know, somebody dressed up as John Carver is killing like his descendant. <laughs> right. It's pretty funny. Oh yeah, it is not. It's a good movie though, dude. Like I was, movie, I was like that movie was fucking amazing. Like I, I was so glad to see it. Was, like because it just brought back nothing but like old school. Just me being home as a kid watching eighty slasher movies. Yeah, like it felt like a really great like modern version right. of of the eighty slasher. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, dude. It didn't feel like it was trying to be purposefully like nostalgic. Like it was trying to like you know, be retro or something, but it felt like it took everything that was good about those movies and made a modern version of it, you know? Yep. Like, um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just so, like, well done. The kills are great. I, I, every, I enjoyed every second of it, really, you know? Dude, like, I was like, this movie's fucking amazing. I, I, I'm very impressed with Eli Roth, and I like Eli Roth anyways, but, I was just like, dude, this is his best movie. Yeah, it's definitely it's definitely his best movie, and, and yeah, I mean, it was appropriate too. We watched it the night before Thanksgiving. <laughs> yes. Hell yeah, it was. My friend, my friend Mike Hill. He, I guess he saw it on Thanksgiving. They went after oh, nice. Thanksgiving dinner. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Which is yeah, definitely appropriate. I definitely think this is gonna, you know, it's gonna be a yearly Thanksgiving movie for me and. I think for a lot of other people yep. too. Yeah, dude, for sure. I love just how like uh like watching it though, you're just like, dude, every kill was amazing. I love how every kill has to resemble Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> and I like I really like how the you know, like I guess the movie is filmed in, in Toronto, but they managed to really make it look like the Northeast, you know? Yeah, they did. And really, and that was something Eli Roth said that was purposeful. Like he, he originally wanted to film it, and and uh, I guess the movie is originally supposed to get made, bef- right at the uh, at co- when COVID hit. Okay. And they were supposed to film it in Massachusetts at the time, but then, in it, after things being down and everything, it was just like I guess it was end up being cheaper to do it in Toronto because that's where he did it with a lot of the same guys who do his, you know, you know, yeah, he does all those like ghost tv shows and you know yeah. like all all those haunted shows and stuff you know so he a lot of people who did the who were in the crew for this movie were all guys who he's worked with for the for all of his like tv shows oh nice because he's kind of he's eli ruff's kind of become a little like a weird like haunted tv show right level. you know what i mean he has like six different shows he does now right. <laughs> but um yeah, the uh, but it, it's it looks like Massachusetts and and Northeast, and it it has that cold like autumn feel. You know what I mean? Yeah, it does. Oh yeah, like even watching it, you just felt like it was cold and bitter. Yeah, like you can really feel feel you know you can feel the weather. Like it feels like the Northeast, you know. Right. Which which yeah, I mean I don't know. Just there's a lot of attention to detail in the movie and. Yep, and it's 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 one of those movies that's fun and it's it's funny. There's a lot of humor to it, but 
but it's right. done in a way that that i like you know what i mean yeah it wasn't like cheesy it was just that dark humor yeah it was very much a dark humor which is definitely a, a trademark of eli roth all of his movies have that dark humor. oh yeah yeah oh yeah they do like even like hostile is pretty funny you know yep but yeah the um i don't know dude i just i just love this movie Oh yeah, dude, for sure. Like I'm gonna watch it every damn Thanksgiving. Yeah, definitely. The um, yeah, and it, yeah. I, what do you what do you think was the most uh, most brutal kill in in the movie? The oven. Yeah. Just because, <laughs> yeah, dude, I burnt alive. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty brutal. <laughs> Then when he's like slicing off the leg, it's so so. The guy's like throwing up in his gag. <laughs> right. Was, although I think we were laughing at part because it was so like ridiculous, so like fucked up. It was yeah. kind of funny. Yeah. Right. It's just like over the top. You're like, oh, Jesus. <laughs> like, I don't know how to react to this. Right. Yeah. So, like, when we were watching Saw 10, I was like, oh, God. Yeah. Saw 10, there were some parts where I was like, God, fuck. I don't want to see that. Yeah. Like no, I'm good. I really don't. I'm okay. Yeah. 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 This movie doesn't doesn't really have that. It's not, none of the kills are so disgusting that you feel like grossed out. You just, I mean, it's fucked up, but it's not like to the point. Right. Where like, you're like, I can't see this. You know. Yeah, I heard he wants to make a new hostel. Really. Yeah, because he said he got so mad with what they did with Hostel 3. He's like, that is not what Hostel is to him. I never saw Hostel 3. I never bothered. Neither did I, but I guess like he said it's like, he's like, that is not what Hostel's meant to be. So he's like, you know what? He says he got the itch to make a new one after he does the next Thanksgiving. Yeah, as long as he does Thanksgiving too, you know. (laughs) Yeah, that's what he's working on now. He's saying after that he wants to do another Hostel. The, uh, and do it right. Just make it back to being gritty and just fucking. Old. Right. Like, yeah. I mean, it, it's cool to see how well a movie did. I mean, it did really good. So in the theaters, so yeah, for a pretty, you know, not a huge budget horror movie. I mean, it's made a lot, yeah. a pretty good amount of money. So yeah, dude. Continue no, on. Three or four times in theaters. What's that? Known some people that saw it three or four times in theaters. Oh wow! Yeah, yeah. Been... It's definitely the year for outside of Barbie and Oppenheimer. This year's basically been the year for uh, for horror. I mean, horror is pretty much been the only thing that's made money. So yeah, and then I guess, dude. Speaking of that, like, I guess Sony wants to get back in the horror. They want a horror division now. Paramount wants to get back into horror. Yeah, I mean, the studio, now all the strikes are off. The studios are going to, you know, I think it's going to yep. be a glut of horror in the next couple of years cause, because. Yeah, I think so too. Because horror is like pretty much, because like, the horror audience is pretty much the only people who are kind of sticking to going to the theaters, you know? Yep. So they, they know that horror people are going to go see stuff in the theater. Just like horror oh, people yeah. are going to buy the Blu-rays and, and stuff, you know what I mean? Like. Yep. Like so, in a lot of ways, it's kind. Of, and this year is really evocative of that. I mean, the movies that did the best was the horror movies, and then yep. Barbie and Oppenheimer, and then somehow Killers of the Flower Moon. You know, <laughs> right? 
like in a couple other like kind of weird movies like that. And even Napoleon yep. didn't do too bad, you know. It didn't do great. No. But it did pretty good, you know. Yeah, pretty good so far. So like, yeah, I, I get a feeling, and I'll be getting all the Marvel movies and the big tent pole things that they thought were gonna make a bunch of money all failed. So, yep. I think that because shows shows like what I think more people are wanting. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think people are just tired of all that shit. Yeah, I mean, I've never been the biggest Marvel fan, but at this point, I right. mean, I just think it's it's too much. It's, it is. I don't move. The only, I'll admit the only Marvel movie I'm excited to see is Deadpool three. I almost feel like Deadpool is kind of outside of the true. The the rest of the Marvel movies, in a lot of ways, you know what I mean? Right. It's kind of its own thing, even though it's set in the same universe. It kind of sets it outside of it. Yeah. Yeah, I'd only be excited if we're going to get like a cool X Men movie or something, you know. Oh, dude, they yeah. If you do it right, fuck yes. Give me, give me X Men. But yeah, I you know it'll be cool to see see um what's his name come back as as Wolverine and uh. Oh hell yeah, dude! I can't wait. In Deadpool three, so that I will see in theaters. Yeah, just just to see him as a. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and the fact that it's rated R because I mean Logan was rated R, so you got to see him be brutal as fuck. Yeah, that's what you. That's what I want. Like. You know, yeah. yeah, I want to see some. I would see Marvel uh, if they did a cool X Men or if they did like Ghost Rider or, you know, uh, Moon Knight movie or, you know, something like yep. that. I don't, I'm just, I don't really give a fuck about the Avengers and all that shit anymore. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. After Endgame, I was just done. Yeah. Yeah. So. Exactly. But, anyways, what would you rate Thanksgiving? Oh, dude, I give that five out of five. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I think I'm gonna. I think I'm very much with you. I mean, at least four point five to five point five. You know, right? That range is definitely up. It's a, that's a great movie. You know. Oh yeah, dude. Out of the movies that we saw in the theaters, is my favorite. I mean, I feel yeah. like, and it was the best experience. Like the sound. It was like the first time movie we saw this year at Southlands where the sound wasn't fucked up. Right. <laughs> like, like, like they they have not been. I've been almost like getting a little leery of going there because because I feel like almost. I mean, Saw wasn't too bad, and The Exorcist, but they were yeah. still both a little quiet. Yeah, but not as quiet. You, pissed me off. Evil Dead Rise was horrible. Oh I, I actually wanted. I was like, oh. I was like almost gonna go complain because it was just it was right. so quiet. You know. Yep. Like, what are you guys doing? This is a joke. Like, yeah. Like, I can barely hear the fuck. I could, I could hear it better. I would be able to hear it better on my TV at home, you know? Yeah, right. Hell, I have. Yeah. I probably should have, I, yeah, I really should have gone and complain, like, cause, cause it was like kind of annoying watching a movie. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And the Boogeyman wasn't too bad, but it was still kind of no. too quiet. Right. You know, like, like it's just been like a little too quiet. Like they're just not. But then Thanksgiving the sound was good. It was yeah, it was sound was good. Everything was good. Which made me laugh. We saw the you know, uh, for Herring version of it, which I didn't know. Oh, that's right. Yeah, was, I forgot it was closed caption. Closed caption, but it was like the best sound quality we saw there all year. <laughs> There's a big irony in that, isn't it? <laughs> Yes, there is. It closed cap, yeah. This was the closed caption one. And it was like the loudest sub volume. Yeah, it was funny. Yeah, it's like what? 
<laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I know. Yeah. I, when we started watching, like, like when we saw the producer Planet of the Apes, I'm like, what the hell is this in subtitles? And movie starts, I'm like, why is this in sub? What the hell? And I look on my ticket, I'm like, oh, it's closed captioning. Yeah, well, you don't have any much option. You know, they give you three, three times, right. and one of them has to have too closed captioning, I guess. So, nope. Sure, you're not. To, I mean, it's the first time I've ever had that happen to me, but it's it's not. So yeah, funny. same here. You know, no. I mean, it's not like it's not like we had. There's nothing we could do about it. You know what I mean? Right. Like you didn't take away from the book at all. Yeah, no, that's fine. Yeah. I heard Godzilla minus one's really good. Yeah. The um. But I'm just I'm not like I was when I was a kid. I was like so excited to see Godzilla. So. Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't really care too much. So, <laughs> right. Like if I was a kid, I'd be like, "Oh shit, Godzilla!" And I was like, "Yeah, eh, whatever." Yeah, you know, when I was a kid, I wasn't super into Godzilla, but uh, okay. I, did, I did go see um, the Matthew Broderick Godzilla when it came out in the theaters. Right. First Godzilla movie I ever saw was a kid, and it was on tape. My dad rented it was Godzilla vs. King Kong. Yeah. Yeah, I, I was like, I, this is awesome. And I was like, God, I'm like, this shit is terrible. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't, I mean, I remember kind of flirting with being in the Godzilla. Like, I saw the Raymond Burr Godzilla, you know, I went and saw the Matthew Broderick one when it came out in the theaters, you know, like, it was never like, um, you know, how some kids got, like, I know people who were obsessed with Godzilla. Like, right. kids, like, they got obsessed with it and that, you know, they got the toys, and they're just like yep. all the movies. They're just obsessed with Godzilla, King Kong. You know what I mean? Yep. I never really. It didn't really stick with me. You know what I mean? Right. But uh, yeah, but I've heard the newer movies are pretty good. So yeah. But yeah, I guess I want to close out because I had some stuff to do. So. Come on, dude. Sorry about the technical difficulties tonight. Uh, that's okay, dude. I don't. I don't. Know. I mean, I don't know what's going on with my microphone too. Like, I think it's the interface. It's like cutting shit out for some reason. But oh, at least it at least yeah. hasn't done it too much. Yeah, but yeah, dude, for sure. Cool, dude. Cool, dude. All right, I'll see you. All right, cool, man.